We are off and running. It is the NFL show presented by BetUS. This is week five, and guys, it's it's been a it's been an interesting journey so far uh, through the first four weeks of the season, and I'm excited to dig into what should be a very intriguing week five card. Of course, uh, before we get started, like, subscribe, smash all of the buttons, um, please, and help support the show. Help support the YouTube channel as we continue to churn out good content for you on a weekly basis. Let me introduce my co-host. Um, first, pretty good week for my pal Las Vegas, Chris. Right out of the gate, my friend. You are the capper of the week on BetUS. You had a perfect 5-0 card. I uh, give you props on what was a very impressive week, my friend. Well, thank you. It, uh, but, you know, that 5-0 doesn't even get me back up to 500. So uh, um, I can only pat myself on the back uh, so much. Uh, the the important thing that's important for everybody to understand is uh steve and i have a long history of winning and if we go into a slump or anybody else that you know is a proven winner long term goes into a slump the very best time to start following those people is when they're coming out of the slump and uh or when they're in the midst of it uh, you'll catch that rebound so uh, picking up people when they're super, super hot, that's not necessarily the, the best returns that you're going to get. But uh, it's a long game, and you're going to have good weeks, you're going to have bad weeks. And uh, every year I, I have great weeks, and I have bad weeks, and uh, most of them are kind of in the middle, but uh, uh, come out ahead overall. And, and I'm sure all three of us will by the end of the year. You know, I got to chime in there because I don't know if I agree. Um I'm pretty much a memoryless guy, whether you're five and zero oh, or you know year to date I'm five and fourteen, and it'd be easy to say, oh well, Fezzik's do and he's doing great in a lot of other venues, and a lot of this is timing. The lines are different on Monday versus Wednesday versus Friday when I do shows. You know, I'm embarrassed to say, you know, I have one entry in the Circa Millions. It's fourteen and six. Now that's all sides and no totals, and I haven't done well with totals or teasers. But, you know, how can it be 14 and 6 and 5 and 14? Well, we'll talk about that with different games. But back to the memoryless property, um, there's way too much chasing of, oh, one guy's red hot. One, if, Hey, if Fezzik is 1 and 8, you know, there's no way he's going to have another losing week. And, like, it, it, what's that, the movie Titanic? You know, it, it, it's, it's, the ship's made out of iron. I assure you it can sink if, the, if everything goes wrong. Um, but the long term, I've given out winning selections. I'm a long term winning better. And most importantly, I will give you long-term winning advice. And if, if there was one thing to take from everything, the picks are not nearly as important as hearing professional bettors explain to you how they're going to play games. And there's one game in particular that I've selected a team. I bet huge on the other side against the opener. We'll get to that. Yeah, I think the process, especially with this show being at the time of the week it is, is very important. And even in the first few weeks, we've evolved the process of how we do this show to try to cater it and curate it at the time that we're doing it to give the best advice and the best picks possible. The results of the picks, meh, they've been okay. I'm about 500. Chris had a good week. Fez is going to pick things up soon. And I think when we move forward, it's all about the long-term success. So again, let's take a look at these records from the first four weeks of the season. I, I feel, listen, I, I'm going to start ramping up the amount, the volume of picks that I'm giving out. Um, but I, I really feel good about how, how I'm reading the market right now. And obviously after Chris's five and a week and, and, and Fez, um, I, I think this is going to be a big week for you, pal. Don't forget golden ticket reminder. I'm already seeing some people uh, get in the chat. 
right now to guess which one of us has the golden ticket. Um, each of us have had it once. We're on now week four, so there's a chance one of us might have it for a second time. I believe Chris had it last week, which means probably not this week. But again, randomness uh, does happen, just like in the NFL. And of course, if you uh, guess correctly which one of us has the golden ticket, you'll get a free entry into the Tough Truck giveaway courtesy of BetUS giving away a free truck. All right, let's get right into it, guys, because um, we actually do have a lighter slate this week because of the bye weeks. We have four teams on bye weeks, so that means just 14 games. Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Bucks, all taking the week off. And we begin on Thursday night, which I would say is probably a less appealing uh, Thursday night matchup, as, as some of them tend to be. Bears at the Commanders. We saw this as a Thursday night game last year. I believe the final score was 12-7. to 7. But some interesting market movement here right at the start. Washington, you know, the look ahead was four and a half. It was bet up after they played pretty well on Sunday and then Chicago blew their big lead. Um, and once it touched seven, that's where we started to see some buyback on the road underdog here. Um, Chris, I'll start with you because you have a play for this game. What do you make of the line movement? Kind of swinging back and forth between four and seven here in the early stage of the week. Oh, I think that that, uh, that was just simply market manipulation. I think uh... – you know, the lower limits at the beginning of the week, uh, uh, they were able to nudge the number up and uh, had every intention of uh, taking that seven right away. In fact, I got a seven and a half at MGM. I couldn't believe it. So uh, uh, a little bit of manipulation there. I think the line opened at five and a half some places, and that's probably uh, where it belongs. Uh, the, uh, the the Washington's just been an enigma at this point. Uh, uh it just seems like they, they they just don't do what you expect them to do. But this isn't a quote. They're doing better than we expected them to do for the season. But uh, this is not a team that you can get behind laying, you know, needing them to win by a touchdown. You know, when you get uh, two mediocre teams or bad teams playing each other, uh, when in doubt, you take the points. And Chicago showed some life last week. They blew it at the end. But uh, uh, I'm behind the Bears this week. Uh, I, I like their chances a little bit. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, maybe they're getting something uh, in gear a little bit. And uh, it's a short week. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see the game go over. Uh, but uh, I'm riding with the Bears in this game. So I made the game six. Not going to help you very much when the line, the prevalent line is six around town. Uh, the Bears are not a buttoned-up team without a buttoned-up quarterback. And that's not the sort of team I want to invest in on the road on a short week on Thursday because those teams have tended to struggle historically. Let me address the line manipulation. What's Chris talking about? So it opened five and a half. I actually think the betters laid five and a half. People think that there's, they, they see these tweeted tickets. Oh, I bet $500,000. Yeah, you know, Phil Mickelson might have, or Charles Barkley might have. But I assure you, winning gamblers are not able to bet $200,000 on NFL lines and certainly not early in the week. An example, if I walked into, I think Circa takes 50000 If I asked the Westgate, you know, a big book for 30000 they'd look at me like I was from Mars. They're like, Steve, the limit's ten k. you know? What are you What are you doing? Of course you can't have more. Like they say you can ask. You can ask, and if you're a sucker, you can have more. Um, but the no one's going to manipulate a line that's five and a half and try to make it go to seven. But what happens is that the people who like the Bears see ah, a few bets come in, and the line goes up to six and a half, and that's where... And right. this is Billy Walters has spoken about this. And he even in, when he did the, the 60 minutes, he's like, oh, I like the Bears. And at six and a half, I think it might be time to phony up this game. And he'll just bet it into a couple of hot accounts laying six and a half. 
those books moved to seven and the people at those books talk to other bookies and they're like, oh, Billy's on, you know, the, the Sharps are on Washington and then it moves to seven and then guys like Chris can get seven and a half and seven for a short period of time. And that's why making your own numbers is so valuable. But at the current six, you know, normally I, I just don't trust the Bears. I will say this. The Bears absolutely should have beaten Denver. Uh, that was a phony final. The Bears had every opportunity and there was a fumble six at the end of the game, and then they're driving for the winning touchdown. I don't know why Justin Fields isn't running the ball. Everyone's betting for him to run because they're betting him over 60 rush yards, and he's just not getting there. And even on that fourth and one, uh, Jared, you could have scooted 10 yards Probably. to the right. No one was res- I, at Denver was respecting the quarterback run, which is bizarre because that's the obvious play to run to pick up the first down and shows me a quarterback that's not all in on winning. I don't know what he's all in on. Yeah, Bears are going to have the first and second pick in the draft, so they might be good next year. Yeah, I, I I tough to back the Bears for sure based off of what we've seen, but I think catching more than a you know a field goal, you feel a little bit better. I, I'm interested in Washington's defense. We got a comment in the chat about Washington's defense, um, and I, I appreciate that. I kind of lost it here in the in in the wash, but hopefully one of the uh, people behind the scenes can find it. I, Washington's defense, and that was the note I had. Thirty, they've given up thirty plus in three straight games. It, this was a, supposed to be a defensive team. And, and that's where I think I'm interested in the adjustments that the Washington defense makes tough week, short week, but the bears are on the road. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm going under in the first half here. This, this smells like a first half snooze fest. And then maybe we get fireworks in the second half, but I, I don't like Justin Fields on a short week going on the road with the preparation going on up against the Washington defense that I think might be hungry for a little bit of buyback after what's been a tough, a tough stretch for them. So I'll take a crack. This total has been all over the place too, but 22 and a half. uh, If you find a 22 out there, 21 and a half feels like a good spot for the under. All right. um, Let's go to the early window on Sunday, the very early window. Jaguars, um, as, as Chris is back in the bears in the spot, I'm on the first half under, but now let's go to the early window Sunday morning. Jaguars bills. So this line opened four and a half. Saw it get bet up a little bit after what Buffalo did to Miami um, on Sunday and Jacksonville, I think looked okay. But I think the big factor here guys is obviously the travel for Buffalo and Jacksonville staying in London for a second straight week. Now they did have to change hotels, but Chris, I'll come to you first because you do have a play on this game. What, what, how do you handicap the London travel situation affecting these teams? Well, you have to wonder, the road teams are doing much better in sports over recent years. Just And one of the theories is because they're more focused and they're thinking about the game and that teams that are playing at home or sticking around in spots, you know, kind of had have idle hands or family or girlfriends or whatever taking up their time and they're not as focused. So you can't be really sure and just assume Jacksonville has a big advantage here. You know, Buffalo's coming from New York. It's not that long of a flight to uh, London. It's not much longer than it is to Seattle. So I don't really think it's a big deal. Uh, You know, as long as they got through customs, okay. I think they're going to be okay. So uh, (laughs) but I still think coming off of this Miami win, I've noticed that Buffalo has just been really down to business. After that first game debacle against the Jets, uh, they just seem to have their heads down. Uh, There's a possibility Von Miller may be back this week. Uh, that could help them out and uh, kind of recover uh, from their big loss. Uh, they lost uh, a key guy on defense last week. So uh, I do worry about a little bit of a letdown spot naturally off the big Miami win. And Jacksonville, while they won, they 
You know, they still aren't that impressive. Uh, I'm, my, my, my model leans towards Buffalo even at this point spread, but I've decided to pair it in a money line parlay with another team to be named later. And I think that that's the best value that I can extract from this game. All right, live show edition. I didn't have this initially, but now that I see the line at six, I'm going with Jacksonville plus six. So live show Ooh. edition, putting this in right. as the, the lines move. Um, I make uh, Buffalo five points better on a neutral. So I have Jacksonville half a point better than average team. I don't think I'm on an island there, especially they're getting a lineman back for this game that was suspended for four games. So that's certainly going to help them. Uh, and I've got Buffalo five and a half points better than an average team. Maybe I'm a little light on Buffalo. You know what? I can be a little light because even if Buffalo is six and a half points better, which would make them the second best team in the NFL, that would still be six on a neutral. And I agree with what Chris was saying as far as travel, but there's no question. This is a bad spot for the Bills. They just played the hottest team in the NFL, Miami. Division rivals. Buffalo hates Miami. Hound Miami. They still have to fly to London. While meanwhile, Jacksonville, hopefully they're not having too much of the English food because I don't think that that's probably, you know, very good for training, although it seems like the English soccer players do fine. I'm sure they've got professionals giving them the right foods to eat. And I saw like some of the teams, Jacksonville's the expert at this. They like import their toilet paper because that's what we're used to in the States. It's apparently for the players to be used to. Um, But if I make it six on a neutral and Jacksonville's used to playing in London and I know they're not playing in the same stadiums, but being over there for a week, it's very similar to we remember when the Niners would go east and they'd stay like in West Virginia and they'd bond for a week and usually have a very, very good performance. I can see this game being close. I'll, I'll take Jacksonville on the six. Trevor Lawrence mentioned after the game on Sunday that his, his, his wife or maybe his girlfriend, I'm not sure if they're married and his family are all there. Um, you know, enjoying, uh, they'll have a day off in London. And and that's, I, I think that's noteworthy because obviously the travel is always what we talk about with these London games. How much will it impact the team's preparation? And and I, I think it, it will impact Buffalo more than it will impact Jacksonville. How much more? That's maybe where we can, you know, go back and forth. Um, I like the over in this game. I, I really saw a, a little bit of a spark, I think, with the Jags offense. Uh, in that London game, I think they'll be, again, more comfortable, more prepared this week. And as you guys alluded to, the natural letdown, Buffalo had to prepare so vigorously for that Miami defense. And they played them pretty well. They gave up a few points, but they played them pretty well. Now you have another tough, what I think a very tough quarterback and some really good weapons with the Jags. So I think, that as as you know, Fez alluded to, if Jacksonville's going to do their part, um, I think Buffalo is going to score as well because the Jags defense hasn't been great. And, you know, they slept walk through their game last week against Desmond Ritter. So we'll go over 48 and a half here uh, with this one between the Bills and the Jags. Uh, Fez is laying off the game, except if it's at six, which he just got in a live bet. Um, sneaking one on me here. And Chris is going with the Bills and the Ravens uh, on a little parlay action. Um, we'll get to that game a little bit later on the money line. All right. Um this is an interesting one, guys. Texans and Falcons uh, next up. This uh, look ahead was Atlanta minus three and a half. And as you would have expected, uh, a noteworthy move to the underdog after Houston uh, obliterated the Steelers on Sunday. And Atlanta coming off the game in London looked pretty pedestrian against the Jags. Um, I, I guess the question, because we're all kind of playing this game in different ways. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you because we're kind of aligned here. 
it, it, Houston feels like a team we've undervalued in Atlanta. Maybe we've overvalued heading into this season and clearly the market reflecting that early in the week. I, yeah, I couldn't believe this line. Uh, frankly, it, this is a, uh... This is a team, this is a matchup of teams that are doing the exact opposite of what was expected. Atlanta, uh, you know, I mentioned last week how the Lions had faced Atlanta and the, and the coaches were wondering, what the hell are they doing? They, they, did they even prepare? They're not changing anything. Uh, they, they, you know, everything they, they're doing, we've seen on film. They're not mixing it up. And, uh, you know, the next game, same situation. So, you have to kind of worry about how Ritter is performing, how they can't get him into any successful p- passing positions, and uh, they're just ganging up on the run, and they're le- they're going to let this guy throw the ball, and uh, uh, at some point uh, they're going to have to consider cutting this guy loose. I don't know why they're not using Pitts at all. He's you know seems to be MIA. Uh, meanwhile, Houston is doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're doing it with they're losing players every week, and somehow look better and better and. and I hate to get behind the hype train of Stroud, uh, but this guy is playing legitimately very well. And uh, there is nobody that runs metrics for what has happened only on this season uh, that can say that they would have Atlanta favored in this game. And uh, that's where my model is. And I'm going to trust my model. Uh, I like the Texans in this game. I think it's a tough spot. I think Atlanta is going to be pretty darn desperate and, and the injuries are mounting for Houston and, and that tire will blow out probably at some point, but I'm going to ride it until it goes flat. A lot of meat on the bone here. Uh, this line opened three and I agree with Chris. I thought that line was ludicrous. I made a huge bet, I made a limit bet on Houston plus three because I was like, Houston's been better than Atlanta, but um, it's only we're only four weeks in. So I'm trying to think back to baseball. Remember the Pittsburgh Pirates were like nine games over 500? And they were playing way better than anybody else in the division. Doesn't mean they were better than those teams, although as it turned out, they were better than the St. Louis Cardinals, amazingly. Um, So you got to be a little careful with a sample size of four to just say, well, wait a minute, Houston's clearly the better team. No, they've clearly been the better team. There's a complete, it's a completely different thing. And the best evidence I can give for everyone's like, Fezzik, you're a, you're a dummy. You know, Houston's, Houston's a good team. Atlanta's terrible this year. Well, right now you can play Atlanta. By the way, I do think this is a good bet. So bonus bet. You can play them under nine and a half season wins. This is a bet I personally made. It's minus 170. So call it nine adjusted for the VIG. You can play Atlanta under nine. Houston's supposed to win seven and a half. So if you're that convinced that Atlanta is terrible and Houston is good and a contender, well, go bet go bet Houston over seven and a half and go bet Atlanta under nine and a half because they're not being valued as being equal teams. They're being valued. They both have the same records right now. They're being valued like Atlanta's not just better, but a lot better. Now, maybe you could argue, well, yeah, that's because they're going to be drinking Heineken's at quarterback by week eight and they'll be better later in the year. Then that's certainly a valid argument. I would argue the spot's good for Atlanta too. Not good coming home from London, but good that they got blasted. It's it, it's almost a 2020 game. What do I mean by 2020 game? One team fails against the spread by 20. Not quite for Atlanta, but they came close. And the other team covers by 20 points like Houston did. And those being equal, I like the team that underperformed by double digits, which is certainly Atlanta. I make the game one and a half. I'm going to argue the spot's better for Atlanta with a buyback. 
Why aren't they using Pitts? Chris, I believe Pitts is, is not close to 100%. I think he's got a lingering injury. So that's why he's not getting the usage and um, the other tight ends getting more usage. But um, yeah, three, I bet big on Houston. Want to hit pick? Pick? I thought that was crazy. I thought Atlanta was a great bet. I still think value, some value, Atlanta minus one and a half, and that's a pick. The differing opinions about this game, and and I think I I, I agree with the the valuation argument you're making, Fez. The fact that the win totals are so different between these two teams, despite the fact that um, they have the same record, and frankly, one has looked a lot better than the other, and the one with the lower win total has looked significantly better. Um, that is intriguing to me, but I, I still think I'm going to ride C- the CJ Stroud train until he kind of shows me that maybe we're not, maybe we're wrong because we were originally down on him. All of the info that I got heading into the draft was that Stroud, you know, was falling. Um, but he's looked the best of all the rookie quarterbacks so far. So maybe that, uh, was not a good assessment by whoever, uh, took, uh, Bryce young first, but I don't know. We still got a long way to go. Obviously just a few game samples. So I think that Texans teaser spots, the best, uh, look for me in this game. So I, I will, uh, align myself with Chris here. Um, I'll take the Texans in a teaser and, uh, we will pair it with, uh, uh, uh my uh, favorite team later in the show. And Fez is going to maybe, maybe we get in the middle here, Fez, maybe it's Falcons by field goal and everyone's happy. Uh, Fez is going with Atlanta laying. Yeah, you know, I, let, me right, correct let's move the, on. Uh, let me correct it. I, I forgot that I actually put Houston in a teaser and didn't bet him straight up. I did bet him uh, uh, at okay. the plus three personally, like Steve did. Uh, but for, you know, once this thing went under uh, three, uh, I preferred the teaser option. So uh, sure. uh, I have them paired up with the Jets also. I have a question agree for with that? Our, our esteemed panel here. I need to set lines. Who's going to have the better career? Young or Strout? I'm going to set Strout minus 220, Young plus 180. Who do you want? I agree 100%. I think the obvious thing for me is right now the physical part of the game is going to be a difficult thing with Bryce over the years. That's going to be difficult with him. Yeah, I agree. Mentally, he's probably light years ahead, but it's it's a physical game. It, you know, it's an attrition sport, and I don't know if he has the body for it, and it's a shame, but that's what I've learned through the first few weeks. What do you think, Fez? You think that's a fair number? Well, that was my number. So, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yes. Move it based off of what we just said. <laughs> I, I, I was just curious if I was. Sometimes I wonder if I'm on an island and whether it's like I, I could see someone say, "Oh, you're crazy." It's already decided. You know, we're four games in, and it's like you got one guy throwing for 1,200 yards and no interceptions. CJ Stroud's not going to do that decided. his whole career. I, I just think the 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 knock on Bryce, like it's it's funny because heading into the draft. The knock on Bryce was the physical part, and it was ignored. But the knock on CJ was the mental side, and that was talked about a lot. And it hasn't mattered yet. You know, he looks like he can digest and dissect an NFL defense. So it's kind of funny how that how that plays out. But um, it, this will be an interesting game because we got a good question in the chat um, asking if we, if we think the the let me who was it from Vinny Torres a possibility that Atlanta is already tanking for Caleb Williams. Based on what we've seen from Desmond Ritter, Chris is shaking his head. No, no too early too, too the high, high expectations are too high and the division is still uh, uh, anybody's. Yeah. And it'd be the first time in the history of football, a team with a season win number of nine was tanking. Yeah. 
Good response there. All right, let's move on. Um, it, we'll, 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 we'll circle back to the Texans, I'm sure, at some point this year because they are a very intriguing team. Speaking of divisions that uh, might be open if uh, Jacksonville stubs its toe against Buffalo this week. All right, um, Chris's Lions are coming off of one heck of a win last Thursday. Um, they're going to try to follow that up this Sunday at home against Carolina. So a little mini buy there for Detroit, 10 days off. This line opened right around a touchdown and obviously a uh, big move towards the home favorite there. Carolina, speaking of tanking, I mean, <laughs> I know they're not trying to tank with Bryce Young, but they are 0-4 on the season. I thought Bryce played his best game of the uh, year last week, um, but overall, pretty difficult look for the first uh, four games. Missed one and hasn't played that well, and Carolina hasn't won a game. Chris, uh, I'll start with you with your Detroit Lions here. Um, they look to be the part coming off of that win last week at Lambeau. Yeah, well, I was pretty confident that they're the real deal, and, and they're proving it. Uh, you know, they're in the top ten in, in offense and defense right now. Uh, some rankings have the, the laugh that uh, Detroit defense as high as fourth overall. So uh, it's quite the improvement from the uh, bottom ten defense that they were carrying last year. They get healthier. Uh, Jamison's off of uh, suspension. Yeah. So we add a wide receiver there. And uh, they're in the exact same spot they were coming off of week one. They get a big win against a team they needed to beat. They get 10 days off, and they come home, and, they, and they've got to lay a lot of points, and they're laying even more. They haven't laid this many points since uh, 2017. So uh, it's a heavy load for them to carry, and I'm not necessarily getting behind them uh, even though my model says to go ahead and lay the nine and a half, it's a little early in the season for me to trust uh, trust them in this situation. Uh, when the money line was lower, I used them in a couple of different things because I'm confident that they're going to win the game outright. But uh, I'm not so sure they're going to cover. And Carolina uh, may get back a key offensive lineman I was reading this morning and uh, maybe a little bit healthier also. Uh, so uh, that's the way I see it. I, I see a Detroit win. I they're supposed to cover, but I'm not so sure. So Drake Gonzalez comes on and says, oh, Detroit should win this one. And before you like poo-poo his comment, uh, it's actually a really strong comment because whenever you see like a nine, nine and a half point favorite, you know, it's too expensive to tease right now. Can't tease down to three and a half. Never do that. We never tease down to minus three. But all the time, you'll see nine, nine and a half point favorites for the vagaries of the, whichever way the wind's blowing, that the, the market's all embrace the underdog we saw with kansas city and the jets line came down to seven and a half eight and so you could tease kansas city just had to win by that three just had to win didn't have to like score from the two yard line you know they could take a knee and you still get there with your teaser so i absolutely would embrace that you know one more comment about the, t the atlanta tanking atlanta's already won too many too many games to tank also i need an over under from you two What's it going to take to get the number one pick in a quarterback who can throw? I, I think the Bears are the worst team in the NFL. I, I think they are the number one pick today. That is the choice that I would make. Um, I think I'm going to bet the Lions in this game, guys. I, I, I trust Chris's model. Maybe I trust Chris's model more than Chris. But when I looked at this game, I saw two very different teams. I saw one team that had confidence for days. I watched that postgame locker room speech from Dan Campbell. I mean, this team, you want to talk about business. I think the Lions might be the most buttoned up team in the league in terms of how they handle their business in the in the in that in that little environment, in that locker room. I love their locker room. They might have the best locker room in the league. I, I think Dan Campbell's a hell of a coach. And now they have the weapons and the defense, as you alluded to, a top five defense. 
that is playing at a level that I don't think we expected it to. So I, I, I think Carolina is also on pace to finish with maybe two or three wins. And I do not like their weapons. I do not like Adam Thielen as the number one receiver on a, on an offense, and 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 guys like Chark and Mingo as as you, guys you need to rely on. They have no running game. I just I I see it being a really tough year for Bryce Young, and I don't I, think it's going to get any easier this week. I think that the the that the Detroit Lions can compete with any NFC team yeah. for the Super Bowl except yes. a healthy San Francisco. I think they match up well against Philadelphia and Dallas. And they belong on the same field with the, and they could win what those games. What would you set that line? I, no, I'm I a made, neutral right now. Lions and Niners. By the way, on this game, I set it at ten and a half. So I, my model agrees with Chris's model. I got the Niners eight points better. I got them power rate through the moon. Detroit three points better. So I agree with Chris that Detroit can hang with anybody except for the Niners. That line's five on a neutral. Yeah, right. Five right now, I'd have it. At, I'd have it. At, yeah, five is actually my exact number. Love it. Interesting. That's I, I think that's the most interesting part about this game is taking the Lions and now starting to compare them. Because when you're favored by 10 points in an NFL game, you're considered a pretty darn good team, right? I know, unless you're facing the dregs of the dregs. But we're putting the Lions, as Chris mentioned, they have not been favored by this many points in, in, in over five years. So we're getting to that point with Detroit where they're one of those teams that we need to take really seriously. And I'm backing them this week. Um, the only bet on this uh, game from the three of us is from yours truly. I will back the Lions laying uh, nine and a half. All right. Um, this is a this is the, this game might be a snooze fest. Moving on to an AFC South matchup: Titans and Colts. The spread opened India slight favorite, and we have now seen the number flip. Of course, Tennessee blew out the Bengals, um, and the Colts played a tough game against the Rams. Not much moving on the total at forty-two. It's it's interesting, guys. The Titans, I think still have the look and feel of a team that won 13 games two years ago, right? They carry themselves that way, beating the, the Bengals in impressive fashion. But I don't know how much I trust them on the road because of Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Chris, you trust him a lot more than me. Explain. I trust my model that tells me how the teams are performing overall, and it gives uh, a decent-sized edge to the Titans here. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I'm going to pick the Titans. Uh, my advice at this point would be to not take it any higher than the minus one that it is now and to actually just wait to see if uh, Indianapolis gets bet and becomes the favorite again. Uh, because if that's the case, the, the Titans would make a great teaser leg uh, getting it over seven and a half. So there's no need to bet Tennessee at this point. And, and if it goes higher than the one, uh, then you just got to let it go. So it, it, that's the way that I look at it. Uh, the, the Titans seem to have gotten their act together a little bit better. Uh, Let's see. The Colts are a little bit of, you know, they came, they had that huge deficit. Uh, what were they down? 24 nothing, And they almost tied it up. Wild uh, game. Down 23 nothing with five minutes left in the third quarter. Tied it up. That almost gave me a heart attack because I had I had the Rams, so I needed the Rams. Well, I, I, it killed my under 47. That's what it did. <laughs> Swish says this is a tough game. I concur. I make this zero. Yeah. But... Anyone who's been turning turn, turning into these shows knows I love games lined close to zero because I'll let the I'll let the odds makers decide which team I tease. You know, as an example, last week and it didn't work out for me. I had a lot of teasers early in the week on the Monday night game. I teased Seattle from plus two up to plus eight, and then a post I had a lot of Giants teasers plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half, 
And uh, ultimately that failed for me because the Giants got smashed, although the pick six at the end of the third quarter didn't do the G-men any favors. I still don't think they should have gotten there. Same thing with this game. I got a lower total at a 42 and a half. As soon as I see a team, either one of these teams favored by one and a half, I like the other guys teased up to seven and a half. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to make keep it really simple here. When these teams play each other, the trend is under. Their last two games, the total was 43, which is kind of right where we're sitting now, and both games stayed relatively under, especially the last one, 19 to 10 last season. These coaches, new coaching staff for Indy, and that could obviously change the vibe, but Vrabel's a tough-minded defensive coach. I like the Titans' defense a lot. I think their running defense is really one of the best in the league. And they are going to take the running game away. And now you could argue Anthony Richardson's mobility at quarterback might be the X factor here. And if Anthony Richardson beats me again, like I bet the under with the Colts last week and got, uh, you know, sucked out at the horn by a two point conversion that sent the game to overtime, then so be it. Um, but I, I trust uh, some of the numbers that I'm looking at here that says this game should stay under the uh, total of 42 and a half. And that's where I'm going to play. it. Chris is back in the Titans as a slight underdog. And Fez says, look out. For that line flip, if we see a one and a half on either side, it is teaser time. All right, moving on. The shiny new toy got nicked up uh, and beat up pretty hard last week. The Miami Dolphins went into Buffalo and and got dismantled. Now they get a bit of a reprieve as they are a double-digit favorite against the New York Giants. Guys, uh, none of us have a bet on this game. The line movement is irrelevant. Obviously, the Giants are going – the market's going to hate the Giants and love the Dolphins even after the Miami loss last week. I would be very surprised – if we saw a lot of love for New York, but Fez, I'll start with you because you're the numbers guy when it comes to where the barrier is, where is a buy-in point for the Giants? Because based on what I saw Monday night, if you can't block, you can't win in the NFL. So I don't know how they're winning this game. The the, the buy point would be 14. So we're not even close to it. I, I got the close. game at 11. <laughs> I got the game at 11 and a half. I got to tell you, a lot of these games that are priced this much, it just comes down to how motivated is the favorite. And so the fact Miami got trashed, means I probably yeah. don't want to step in front of him. If Miami had won, by example, against Buffalo, then I um, I might have looked to, like, buy low on the Giants. Um, one thing, I don't like 11.5 point spreads, and here's why. Let's say I can lay 10.5 or take 12.5. Get, get some rogue number. Who cares? 11 and 12 are such dead numbers. You can't tease 11.5. So here comes the math. Warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson. Turn your volume off if you don't like math. But um, I pay, and no, this, I mean, this is how pros bet. If he, I mean, uh, it, it, it'd be nice to just say, Fez, what's the right side? And let me bet it. But the truth is, is that pros love lines that are right around, like I said, pick one, because we were looking to tease. They love lines two and a half to three, because they're looking to take plus three or lay the two and a half. You can't get any help when the line's 11 and a half. You can't get any help when the line's five. None of those, there's no key numbers to pick up. So those games become much less important in my betting portfolio. Chris, what's your vibe here? Big bounce back for Miami. Giants just looked lifeless on Monday night. I don't necessarily agree that uh, the the 10 and the 11 can be useful numbers to go through in certain situations. The 10 is useful. The 11 and the 12 are the worthless numbers. No, the 11 makes the difference between a positive uh, uh, teaser in certain situations. You have to go through the 10 and the 11. Otherwise, you don't have a positive expectation in certain teasers. So, uh, but generally, you don't want to be doing that uh, blindly because most of them are not positive. So it, it, it's it's special circumstances. The Miami, you know what? I got a beef. I got a lot of people in comments 
saying I was an idiot and I was a fool. Miami's going to blow out Buffalo. And I'm not bringing it up to na 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 you know, anybody. In fact, I responded to people and I said, hey, it's one game. It doesn't matter. Maybe Miami really is, you know, the best team. In the, but we don't know. And that was my only response. So uh, you can't be too fast to judge these teams. As Steve referenced, the Pittsburgh Pirates went nowhere in baseball, but they looked pretty good, you know, at the quarter pole. And uh, just because Miami didn't do well against Buffalo, maybe they will improve that defense because the defense is the problem. It's in the it's not in the top 15. So how far can you take a team that doesn't have a top 15 defense? And that's my issue with Miami. Uh, as far as taking this game, uh, I can't do anything with that line. Uh, it's uh, I, I got involved in uh, some money line stuff uh, when it was uh, – uh, before the uh, Monday night game because I felt the Giants were in trouble. And uh, so I took a position then, but I, there's not much you can really do unless you want to do a, you know, it's a three-team teaser consideration, but there really isn't three teams to that fit that net bill this week either. So it's a passerino for me. Yeah, I think we're all kind of in agreement. And when, you know, it's rare that we get a game on this thread that, neither of us have a play for. And I think that's noteworthy here because this is one of the few games on the card that I just want nothing to do with. If Miami brings their A game, they smoke the Giants. The Giants can't block anyone right now, but Miami can't defend. So you could say, well, maybe this is the game that Daniel Jones runs for 150 yards and all of a sudden they backdoor cover and they lose by 10. It just, it, it feels like a game that I want absolutely nothing to do with. Miami should score 40 points and blow this team out, but we'll we'll see what that motivation factor is. Um, so passing across the board for the three of us as we move on. Uh, this one is another interesting game. It is one of the lower totals of the week. The Saints uh, visiting the Patriots. So the spread here opened New England minus two and a half last week on the look ahead. And we've seen some money on the dog since. Um, and now we're kind of floating in that one, one and a half range. Um, I didn't think the Saints looked great last week. Obviously, the Patriots looked like absolute garbage, but they were facing maybe the best defense in the NFL. Derek Carr is hurt. Patriots offense can't move the ball. I just, I, this feels like a tough watch, guys. So help me make some money in what should probably be a very ugly game for the eyeballs. Chris, you're starting with a little play on the underdog here. Yeah, this fits kind of the same uh, criteria as the Titans uh, do, where uh, I like the Saints in teaser mode the most. Uh, I think that that's the optimal way to play them. I, this line is begging you to take New England, so it tells you. Uh, it reminds me of Tennessee last week against Cincinnati. You look at that and never hits three. That tells you Tennessee's the right side of the game, and the Sharps came in and figured that out, you know, close to the post. And this game seems, seems very similar. New England just lost uh, two of their best defensive players on top of the issues that they already have. We already know the offense is, uh, you know, like the Keystone Cops over there. So uh, <laughs> the Saints, they aren't much better. You know, when you have 11 passes to your running back, Camara, for 33 yards, that's a problem. But that's his first game back after a long layoff. So... I look for players to come in slow on that first game, and I look for him to be at game speed for this game, and I think that that will be a benefit. And Carr, they should have yanked him at the half, and they didn't. Uh, hopefully they don't go through the same nonsense. Either he's there to show up and he does well, or maybe they make a change at quarterback to kind of disrupt things. 
It was the first time in 12 games that uh, the Saints gave up more than 20 yard or 20 points. Uh, so their defense has been on spot most of the year, uh, you know, for a long period of time. Uh, the model clearly likes the Saints here. I'm going with the model. I bet them straight up and I bet them on teasers over the seven and a half. Yeah, and just to emphasize, you do have to get the Saints to seven and a half if you tease. Current number at Pickham can't tease that. Um, you know, I watched the um, the rewind, and I'm a big believer, a proponent of watching games if you can. Uh, it's just I don't consider it to be a very good usage of your time to spend, you know, three hours watching one game. But the NFL rewind is, is a great uh, yeah. thing to do. Kamara, I thought, looked great, Chris. He actually, I know, I saw the stats, and I'm like, oh, dude's not ready to play. It's not his fault. No, there's there's nowhere to run. I mean, he looked explosive. He looked, I couldn't believe he couldn't get any yardage. Um, I agree with Chris, you know, as far as looking for a teaser. My play in this game, I hope Jared's right, and it is a snooze fest because I am indeed on the under 40. Um, I went back, and the Saints, you know, if you played under the last 10 games in the Saints, you're 10-0, and 0, and you're 10-0 and 0 under 40 and a half, also under 40, um, and only twice has either team in those games scored over 20 points. So this has just been um, the Saints are a dead nut under team and the market hasn't embraced it enough, even with some defensive injuries. New England, I don't think we're going to see any more of this rolling out to the right and throwing back against your body. Similar to that, remember that movie, The Program, where James Conn screams to his backup quarterback, don't throw it. <laughs> and boom, the pick six at the end of the first half. And he's like, clean up this mess. You're oh, starting man. second half. You get, get, get getting the good guy back in. Um, by the way, um, if you haven't checked it out, the Bet US College Football Team does a great job. Gary, Kyle, Parker. I, I'd be remiss not to mention every number is important. I just I just trivialized the value of the eleven. And just last week, well, Minnesota beat Louisiana Lafayette by oh, eleven. Oh, I, I pushed on that game. I got a bad number, guys. I had I got eleven. I needed eleven and a half for that. It one, was huh? anywhere from nine to thirteen throughout the week on that game. So when I say a yeah. number isn't important, every number is important. And the guys at BetUS College Football will let you know which uh, games to invest in. Shake that plug. They do a fantastic job. The baseball show also. Uh, we're getting baseball comments in the chat. Ed, Ed Belust is asking if the the Rays are going to score another run. I don't know. I wish they scored one in the first inning in this game. They didn't. Neither did the Rangers. So uh, we're off to a bad start with our Gurphy bet. So yeah, check out all the BetUS uh, family of, uh, of of sporting podcasts and shows to get you set for all these I, great I, games. Jared, how do you get off to a bad start on a Gurphy? It's over with, right? Over. It's done. <laughs> no, a bad start on the day. I bet okay. all of them. All we're betting right. all. So I took your advice. Again, we won't do too much more with your Yurfi chat, but we're betting all the Yurfis in the playoffs. This is what we do. Um, no play for me in this particular game. I love the under uh, move. There's two things to keep an eye on for me injury-wise this week and player tracking-wise. One, Saints offensive line, Cesar Ruiz. He's one of the best offensive line, one of the best guards in football. Um been kind of banged up the last couple weeks. Keep an eye on him. And also the Patriots just made a move for J.C. Jackson. Uh, they traded for the Chargers corner, who was a, a healthy scratch last week. Of course, Christian Gonzalez, the star rookie, out indefinitely with an injury. And he's he looked like one of the better young corners in the league uh, through the first few weeks. So that's a big loss for the Patriots. But they filled that void this week with J.C. Jackson. So uh, all the trends, all the vibes look to the under here. I didn't bet it, but I, I agree with Fez. And how about this, Fez? This will help you out, too. The Saints have failed to score 20 in 11 straight games. 
Um, you can, it's tough to win in the NFL when you don't get to 20. So, um, that's a magic number to keep an eye on, uh, this week as Chris hopes they get there because he's on the saints and Fez is back in the under, uh, in the saints Pats game. All right, moving on. Uh, one of the more intriguing games of the week, divisional matchup, Ravens and Steelers, Baltimore opened as a two and a half point favorite. It has been bet up considerably through that key number of three. We have seen a little bit of take back on Pittsburgh. Um, but obviously a big move early here on Baltimore. Guys, the Ravens took care of business against the Browns on Sunday without Deshaun Watson. It looks like Kenny Pickett will play in this game. That is the news that we received this week, but obviously Mike Tomlin uh, wants changes in other places. He came out and said, we need to play a lot harder. Uh, Really tough week for them coming off that Texans loss. Uh, Fez, I'll start with you here because you've got to bet on this game. Um, We expect the Steelers' defense to play a lot better than we played last week, right? Yeah, I make the game four and a half, but you nailed it. If I had to bet it, I would look towards Pittsburgh, but my power ratings don't agree. How many times do we have to see these two teams slog through a 20 to 17 game? Doesn't matter if we got a backup quarterback, an injured quarterback. Hey, let's face it. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense wasn't working with Pickett healthy. Now he's going to play and he's going to be compromised. The Steelers D is going to play out of their minds. If you watch the Ravens win against Cleveland, that was all about just... um, you know, the rookie quarterback not being ready to go, turnovers, short fields, six-yard touchdown drives. Um, Baltimore's regressing right back to their offense they used to have, which is effective, run the ball, but Pittsburgh knows that offense. They can stop it, even though the Pittsburgh defense is struggling. Um, if you're a prop better, you know, if there was one stealer I'd recommend, I think um, Warren, their uh, backup running back, seems to be getting more utilization. So that might be a guy to take a look at. Not in fantasy, because no Steelers score ever. We're just going to go under the 38. There's no play for you here, but uh, this, this, this game always feels like a field goal game. You do? I have it. I'll have one in the, on the chart for you. I have Baltimore. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. Here. My bad. My mistake. I didn't put Jesus. this on that. So that's on me. That's on me, pal. I didn't write it down. You've got it. Go ahead. Lay it on me. This is the second week in a row where the the strongest metric play on my board moves the opposite way at the beginning of the week, like the Giants did last week. Uh, Giants were were the underdog, and then they uh, became uh, the favorite, and uh, then it whipsawed back. Uh, I have Pittsburgh in the bottom four in offense and defense, so... This is a team underperforming on both sides of the ball to, to, to levels below the Bears. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty bad there. And, and Baltimore, they may get Humphreys back today. They may get uh, a couple other players back. I think I, I'm nervous because on this divisional matchup, you just, you just don't want to be laying more than three unless you absolutely have to. So I'm kind of sitting in the grass and waiting on that. I put Baltimore into a couple money line parlay type things, essentially uh, different, you know, uh, you know, essentially uh, avoiding the points. And I'm going to see what happens. And I'm hoping that people uh, uh, get, you know, taken in by the, you know, allure of the Pittsburgh Pirates and Tomlin. I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers and Tomlin and bring that line down to three. But I don't think that that will happen. No, I doubt it. We'll see. But uh, so that's what I'm thinking. I like uh, I'll, even if it sits at four, I'll probably play minus four if I have to. I I think the this is the last week that I would probably um, 
consider buying low on the Steelers until I saw some notable changes. Everything we heard from the locker room this week, Mike Tomlin actually, this is the quote, in the midst of Sunday's game, I'm saying to myself, we're practicing in pads next Wednesday. So I, I think you're going to get the best effort. And I, I trust Pittsburgh to give you their best stuff this week. I agree that the injury concern on Pickett is not ideal. Um, the Ravens are still a little banged up on defense. Offense, it looks like they're getting a little healthier. I saw Odell and Bateman practiced, but secondary-wise, they're still a little banged up. Um, so maybe this is the week that Kenny Pickett, in the desperation by low spot, um, is is able to come out. Because let's be honest, the Steelers they they need to string some wins together, and they need to you know avoid what that was an embarrassing game last week, um, losing by three touchdowns on the road. To, to Houston. So I'll, I'll take a chance that this is the Steelers week to bounce back. I'll take four. Um, Chris is going to play the money line parlay with Baltimore and Buffalo. And Fez is backing the under in this game between the Ravens and the Steelers, a usual slugfest between two division rivals. All right, let's go to the late window on Sunday. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are in shambles, friends. They are one and three. Um, they are now a three point favorite on the road against um, the Arizona Cardinals. And, Guys, I'll be honest. When I when I saw this number move, um, it looked like the the look ahead was seven, reopened five on Sunday, and then of course we get the blowouts. Um, there's no way this gets down to two and a half, right? Both of you guys love Arizona in this spot. I was close to getting there in Arizona this week. You guys are going to get me across the finish line probably after you explain yourselves. But it, does this get beneath the key number? Is that where the appetite comes in for Cincinnati? Chris, I'll start with you. Um. I never thought it possibly could, but uh, apparently uh, it, it, it might. It's uh, you can get plus money laying uh, uh, minus three at this point in some places. So uh, I, I've mentioned it before, and my model is excellent at picking up the entire team's performance. And it's easy to focus on the glamour numbers and the, and, and what you see, but this team, this team has more problems than just Burroughs injury and mobility concerns. It's they've got issues everywhere. And that's the problem at this point. And again, uh, the same thing as we said with Houston, if you're just going by this year's metrics, uh, this isn't even close. Okay. The, the point spread wouldn't even be close because Arizona would be the three point favorite. Uh, so this is way off, but we're biased about you know what this team has been last year and the year before and what the expectations are, uh, and you've got two converging forces of Arizona was supposed to be garbage, and Cincinnati was supposed to go to the Super Bowl. So you're having corrections happen each week so fast, and and it seems insane, but I've had very good success over the years just betting what the performance is that year. And uh, it clearly is Arizona, and it scares the hell out of me because, you know, we, we've got that subconscious working that Cincinnati's better than we think they are. Not yet. They very well may be this week going forward, but not yet. So Arizona plus three for me. Arizona plus three for me as well. I make Arizona a one-point underdog, and that's only because uh, prior – uh, ratings are still being factored in. Year-to-date, Chris has nailed it. I mean, you look at the defenses, both teams are giving up just under six yards per play. They played equal year-to-date. You look at the offenses, 
Uh, the Bengals are the worst in the NFL. Again, four yards per play. Arizona's styling out there. They're getting 5.7. Strength of schedule? Arizona's playing good teams, you know? Just played the Niners. Um, so played Dallas. So you can't say that the Arizona's had an easy strength of schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Will this drop below three? Of course it's going to drop below three. There, there's no case that can be made by the math geeks, and math geeks bet football. Um, so emergency betting alert. I know you could have had. I know you could have had as good as seven a week ago, but realistically, you could have had five, four to five on Monday morning. Yeah. Morning by Monday at eight a.m., it was already down to three point three. Grab the three; it'll close below three. Arizona's the right side here, and it is a play for me. All right, so there you go. There's the advice. Go ahead, guys. I know you're very excited about this. The live betting. Uh, the live betting button. Uh, Steve Fezzik says bet. Bet three because it's going to close two and a half. So how can I how can I argue with that? Um, I'm also going to bet the under in this game because first of all, it's sitting above, slightly above that key of 44 and a half. But again, I, I look at the Bengals' offense and I don't think I think the bias is baked into this number. If the Bengals' offense was priced how it should have been this year, this number should not be in the mid 40s, probably in the low 40s in my eyes. And I think Arizona's offense they have played above expectation. But Cincinnati and Lou Anarumo and the defense is still, I think, the strength of the team, even though uh, the numbers haven't reflected that. I do think Cincinnati at their core is still a very good defensive team. Um, and probably Arizona playing a little bit above their skis over the first few weeks in that regard. So I think they come back down to earth a little bit offensively. And I think under 44 and a half is the way here. And I'm with the boys. Consensus Cardinals plus three across the board for the underdog pick this week. Uh, hosting Cincinnati. All right, another intriguing underdog. The uh, I guess well, I'll, I'll use air quotes for a home underdog because you never know at SoFi Stadium what the home crowd splits will look like. But the Eagles are paying a visit to LA this week. The look ahead here was Philly minus six and a half. What did we see on Sunday? Well, Philly, I would say, skated by uh, a, a close skinnier teeth kind of win against a division rival, whereas the Rams looked great for three quarters. And then held on for dear life in the fourth, but they were able to win in overtime against the Colts. So, guys, I I see this number kind of move towards L.A., despite the fact that, again, the bias might be towards Philly, kind of like that Cincinnati-Arizona game. And it, it seems like a sneaky underdog spot here. Uh, Chris, what's your take Philly-L.A. as this line, uh, again, moves towards the home dog? It's actually kind of an annoying game but a pleasurable game at the same time because I, I feel like Philadelphia has just been coasting and has been very fortunate to end up where they are. It, it's it's just annoying that they haven't been able to uh, get on the right side of a Philly game. Uh, and uh, as you remember, I was on the Rams week one. I said uh, they had a chance to upset Seattle, and they did. And uh, I've been a Rams backer last week against uh, uh, Indianapolis also. Uh my initial look on this was, boy, this is a nice little spot for the Rams uh, money line uh, to come into play. But the, the model actually, I hate to say it, leans a little bit toward Philadelphia, which was very surprising to me because uh, Philadelphia was pretty, you know, rated pretty low uh, last week. And, and so there's some things working with both teams where Philadelphia, even though it was a, a, a you know, a, a mucked up game with uh, Washington last week. Uh, they still did a lot of things okay, and the Rams, they're 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 springing some leaks. And Stafford, he has a hip pointer. 
We don't know whether that's going to affect him or not. I'm not 100% sure the guy even plays. Uh, and if uh, oh. he, if he gets hit, he can get knocked out real fast. And uh, uh, we do have a chance of Cup coming back, I think. So uh, I'm sitting this yeah, one out. Back. I'm sitting it out. It's it's just right on. It's pretty much on my number. Yeah, I I'm on the Rams plus the four, and I make it three and a half. I like the idea of a home dog playing an undefeated team. I think it, yeah. the, the the team gets up. There'll be plenty of Eagles fans in attendance. Like what the Rams are doing. Uh, long road trip for Philly. Of course, a little concerned about the Rams. Had to go to the Cincinnati, back home to the Indianapolis, in Indianapolis, and then back home. So that's not ideal travel-wise. But ultimately, um, I share information with various Sharps, and they and, and this has been a, a sharp consensus play on the Rams. I do want to address the end game for Philly because it, it's 2023. It's not 1985 anymore, and yet we're still in a world where the head coach, like based upon what mood he's in, decides whether to go for two or not. It's, it's totally on the owner. The owner needs to tell the coach, look, look, you, we're going to hire to jointly hire an analytics guy, and he's going to tell you what to do. And guess what? Without going through all the, the nasty math, if there's 30 seconds or less left in the game, and you are the underdog, you need both of those things. Okay, you go for two. It's it's just a no-brainer. That's the basic strategy, and you need a, a strong reason to not follow that basic strategy. You don't go for two with a minute left because you don't win if you get the two point pointer because their team goes ball to the wall, balls to the wall but for, for riverboat ron and all the teams in that situation when you're down one and there's just seconds left in the game you go for two and it is rarely rarely incorrect to follow that and it's rarely correct to do anything else in other situations does that change like, even more so you would think fez with the extra point being pushed back to the 15 yard line it's I a mean, great point. You make 49% of your two-point conversions. You yeah. win 49%. You're like, well, but they're the worst team. All right, you win 45%. Guess what the live line was? You're only going to win. You're like plus 145 the second you go to overtime. So you immediately get get docked a tenth of a win by not going for yeah. two. And your idiot kicker under pressure can miss also can miss, you know, a good yeah, 3% a of the time. Much different equation with the extra point being 33 yards instead of the usual chip shot. And we've only had a few years to kind of collect that data. But, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> these coaching decisions. I mean, we, we, we talked about it with the Raiders and Josh McDaniel and some of the things. I don't understand. I, I just, I, you know, kicking the field goal down eight when you, you know, to go from eight to five, like, I just, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't get how these guys have, are leading the, there's only 32 jobs in the NFL to be a head coach. And well, and and it's not the coach's job. It should be the analytics team's job to tell them. But, what, it, but what it's coach. a coach's job to hire the analytics guy, yeah, right? Like it's, down, it's your job it to, to, like, to, to delegate that. The owner should dictate, a good owner should dictate to a, to, sure. to his coach, look, you're not good at this. That's not why I hired yeah. you. We're going to get an analytics guy. And by the way, when you're down 11, kicking a field goal does not cut it to a two game. Being down eight is not a one possession game. It's po- it's, it has a 50% chance to be a one possession game. Never kick yeah. a field goal down 11 to go down eight unless you know, you're know you're you're facing fourth and long. Yeah. Fourth and goal from the 20 or something. And it's like the odds of you converting are just so bad. It just makes no sense. So yeah, interesting stuff. I'm on the Rams too. I, I I thought the line movement early in the week was intriguing here, guys. I I think clearly Fez kind of pulling back the curtain there and saying that there was a sharp consensus on the Rams. Obviously, is why this number moved so quickly. 
And it was noteworthy to me because you get an Eagles team that's a very public team, and they were a big favorite last week, and I don't really think it's going to be a huge home field advantage for the L.A. in this game. Um, and I thought that the number still moving towards them was pretty noteworthy. So I'll back it. Uh, we'll go Rams plus four. Fez on the Rams plus four. Hey, listen, the Rams are the only team this year that have kept it close against the Niners. Only team that even kept it within a shouting distance of San Francisco. So um, give them some credit. Maybe they're a little bit better than we expected. All right, moving on. My favorite game of the week, my New York Jets. This is oh, this game is amazing in so many ways. Uh, look ahead here. Last week, Denver minus three. The Jets have been bet down, trending towards a pick em now. Um, and listen, guys, I think Denver, to me, obviously is the worst defense in the league. That's what I've noticed over the first few weeks. Uh, maybe Chicago's down there, too, but they're amongst the worst defenses. And I, I thought the Jets played with some spunk on, on Sunday night. I, I thought Zach Wilson took some accountability, and I think um, maybe they rallied around him this week. But I'm curious your thoughts as we get the Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton revenge game from the narrative in the offseason. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you because we're kind of aligned with our thinking on this one. Yeah, the uh, I have uh, Denver's the fourth worst uh, defense. Uh, they're rather porous, and uh, that's a good spot for the Jets to be in. Is to, you know have a defense where they could work. Uh, I think Denver's getting back a key component of their defense uh, though this week, or at least he was on track to. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I can't remember half of these people's names. I just uh, <laughs> so I'm not gonna. There's a few guys questionable: Simmons, Purcell, Jewel, Clark. Those are all you know starters, and those are all questionable this week. So yeah, you know what's important to me are the numbers and the data and uh, the, the the you know. The, the big pictures type of stuff. So I'm never going to remember a lot of people's names. So uh, I realize I'm lacking in that category, but I use the jets and teasers here. I just think, uh, I, it, boy, that was a bright spot for the, for this kid to get some confidence against Kansas city yeah. of all teams and Kansas city for the first time actually has a top defense, at least, you know, through this part of the season somehow. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, a glimmer of hope there. And, uh, I just I'm, I just can't see Denver getting any distance from any team. It just seems like even if they were leading, that back door is as wide as a double wide uh, trailer or something. So I like the Jets only in teaser form, though. My uh, my model doesn't my model has it at dead nuts pick them. So not enough value for me to get involved in the straight bet. But uh, the teaser was good. Yeah. By the way, I. Chris and I both make numbers on the game. I make Denver minus one. What do I mean by that? I've got power ratings for the two teams. I just take the difference, add one and a half for home field. Not every team gets one and a half for home field, but that's my starting point. So that's just the starting point for everything. And oftentimes I'll make bets based on situations, matchups, um, travel, et cetera, that rarely will I go against my number, but sometimes my number won't point to a play and I'll make it. I like Chris's idea of looking to tease the Jets, it should be a competitive game. That Denver Bronco defense giving up seven, that possible, seven yards per play. So the back door should be open should they go ahead and get up by 10 in this game. And um, yeah, I liked everything Zach Wilson said in his um, post-game interview and how he took accountability for the loss despite playing his best game I've ever seen him play. So um, somebody wins this game. Not sure who, let's tease. <laughs> I, I, I think that, to me, you want to talk about a game that the number should be moved a little bit because of that narrative and that situation. If Zach, like to me, that was the missing piece with Zach Wilson. 
the intrinsic value that he held for himself and how he held it around his teammates. Last year, he didn't have it. He he just he he maybe threw unders on the. I don't know what was going on last year. Mentally, between the years, he was not not the same guy that I've seen this year. The growth is is noteworthy. Um, and at the quarterback position, listen, physically, there was never any doubt in his physical arm talent. Um, mentally, is where I thought he was going to struggle, and last year was really tough on him. And this year, I've noticed the growth. And I think his team rallies around him this week. Another guy to keep an eye on, Brees Hall. So last year in this game. He ripped off like a 70-yard touchdown run and then later in the game tore his ACL in Denver in this exact spot last year. I read this week that he is 100%, no pitch count. Yep. So you want a prop uh, to play this week? The Brees Hall return to Denver. He is going to run like his hair on fire this week at the spot where his season ended last year. And I, I'm, I'm with Chris on the teaser spot. I, I would be willing to bet the Jets as an underdog here. I think they win the game. Maybe that's my homerism talking, and that's fair if you want to call me a homer. But um, I think the Jets win the game, and I think getting seven and a half in a teaser is the way to bet it this week. And Chris and I are in agreement. Uh, we're teasing the Jets. Hopefully things go well with Zach Wilson at the mile high. All right, uh, final late window game on Sunday. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, uh, they are in Minnesota this week. The line opened Kansas City minus six and a six and a half, excuse me, on the look ahead. And we've seen some appetite for the home underdog here, guys, all the way down to four. Um, not a whole lot of movement with the total, but guys, you're, you, I would assume at some point, right, Chris, we're, we're, we're waiting. What is the point that the market is going to step in and buy Kansas City? Um, obviously not four, but maybe three and a half, or is at some point we're going to see that Chiefs money flood the market? You know, I'm not sure. This, you know, when I looked at this board, it just screamed. This is the, just an absolutely perfect spot for Minnesota to grab a home victory and Kansas City to kind of slip up. And you know, it's a short week for Kansas City. Uh, it, they didn't really look all that impressive. They let the Jets uh, tie them up late. I mean, we were. It was a big concern yeah. whether they were ever going to beat the Jets, and, and that was a prime time game. And I believe the first time that Mahomes has ever been outplayed by an opposing quarterback in Zach every Wilson, category. Of so, uh, <laughs> uh, so the the situation just screams, you know, Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. Unfortunately, my model uh, leans Kansas City and. Uh, I, I, I do have a small money line parlay with the Rams and the Vikings and the Cowboys uh, just for fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, a round robin. But uh, I can't bet the Vikings. I can't go against my model. And uh, I may end up on the Chiefs if it goes too low. Yeah, I made it four and a half. But even if it drops below four, unless it hit three, I don't want the Chiefs. It just seems like, are the Chiefs like, just they're the on-off button. I saw Mahomes had the highest winning percentage of close games. So yeah. they've never been penalized for playing their B game or their C game because the other team just hangs around or takes the lead and the Chiefs find a way to win in the fourth quarter. And it happened again against the Jets. So they're never really concerned when they're behind because of that. That's not a team I want to lay points with. I got to the Vikings late here, you know, just pulling back the curtain, like how pros are. Like, there's one local casino here. Great guys, Treasure Island. They still had a six on this game Monday morning. I'm like, why haven't I bet the Vikings? Boom. Here's here's my ticket. Yay. Plus six, Vikings. Um, not that they take big limits, but um, sometimes, Nothing. you know, you do what you got to do to get the number, you know, and I was, you know, upset that I hadn't taken six and then the pros cut in line to play all the plus fives. 
um, because they didn't have the they, they know don't drive into the strip because we have an F1 race coming up in November and nothing moves <laughs> for the next four months. Whoever authorized that should be. I'm, don't even get me started on the traffic in this town. Don't let's disrupt started, all business for four months. We'll make it back in three days of F1 yeah. racing. Chris, does that sound like an ep- economic possibility? Don't get me. me started. It's driving yeah. me nuts. But you know, one, one other thing I want to say about Kansas City is their schedule. They have a six-game stre- uh, stretch at the end of the season that is going to brutalize them, and they cannot afford to piss away games. And this right. is a, a game where they better show up because uh, they they can't wait till the end of the season for victories. Yeah, I, I think the market's telling us this is a tough spot for Kansas City. I think that's what the market's telling me. Um, I do think their offense, when they need it, is there. And you're not facing the Jets' defense this week. You're facing the Vikings' defense. And I think the Chiefs' defense, listen, they played their best football for four weeks. We'll see if they bring their best stuff because Kirk Cousins and this Vikings team, man, they are desperate as well. They are a one-and-three team, and they need wins because uh, it, it, the NFC North, it looks like Detroit's for real. So, And there's not a lot of wild-card spots available if you finish you know, 8-9 and nine this year for the Vikings. So I, I think they need to – you're going to see your bet. You're going to see the best stuff for Minnesota this week, I think. Uh, that's why I bet says Rasheed Rice to go over. You know, sometimes some of those oh. best comments are betting on individual skill position yeah. players – and get on the you know, pursuant to what Jared was saying, you know, about, you know, the revenge game for 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 for, um, for Hall, you know, going back to Denver where he got injured, you know, look no further. Remember when Pacheco went back to the Meadowlands, played for Rutgers yes, and just played out point. of his mind. I, I really think skull. if you just ice I, NBA and if a team plays against a, a former team, especially if they didn't like that yeah. team and the way they left or a, a guy goes home, it is remarkable not only does he play harder, but the team wants him to do well and they get him the, the, the rock more too. Such a great point about the Rutgers jersey angle with Pacheco at MetLife. It, it, it absolutely played a factor. Kansas City wanted to get him more touches. And he's always, you know, he's got that, you know, you know muscle hamster kind of vibe about him, the way he runs. He's very violent. Um, and he, he was really violent. Uh, he, he was the best offensive player on the field on Sunday, I thought. Um, really impressive stuff from him. And and those angles are interesting. So take a look at Rasheed Rice. And and I think, this, listen, I think this game's going to have a little back and forth feel to it. A little ping pong nature. I think you're going to see a lot of throws from Kirk Cousins. Bet the over on his attempts prop. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, when push comes to shove, gets the score you need. So over 52 and a half is how I'm playing it. Um, Chris and Fez are laying off the game. All right, let's go to Sunday night, game of the week. I am so excited to watch this game. I call it a litmus test game. Cowboys and Niners. San Francisco, uh, look ahead here, was minus three and a half. Not a whole lot of movement. We've seen this thing bounce around between three and a half and four and three and a half and four a couple times at some of the sharper shops here in town. And, Chris, it looks like the, the, the market, in addition to just how we feel about these two teams, pretty set on this number. Dallas has looked good at times. I think the ceiling is pretty high. The Niners, maybe the floor is higher because they're just so darn consistent and they're such a deep roster. I have no idea where this number will move to this week. I am very fascinated to hear your thoughts on on this one. I think the number's uh, pretty much where it needs to be. It needs to be at three and a half or four. My number's at four. I've I've got it at four and a half. Uh, So I'm going to sit this one out. I think this is just a great game to watch. I think... uh, Dallas uh, was impressive. Uh, we worried about how they would bounce back. And San Francisco, boy, you know, they, 
They played a couple weak teams, though, or in theory. Yeah. So let's let's see how these teams match up because this is definitely a measuring stick game. And uh, just because you don't have a wager on it, it doesn't mean it's not going to make you money uh, uh, down the road learning something from it. So uh, uh, for uh, uh, for time purposes, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, Chris nailed it. Uh, cupcake schedule for the Niners, Pittsburgh, Giants, Arizona. But Dallas cupcake schedule, three cream puffs for them also. So that offsets. I make the game four and a half. I have to tell you, so I was talking to one of my pro bettors. You know, we exchange information. He's And he told me, Fez, I love Dallas. I love Dallas. And my numbers look towards the Niners. Well, those are in conflict with each other, which means it's probably best for me just to sit back and watch Gun to my head. I kind of feel this might be a sneaky over. I almost went over yeah. on this. Yeah. That's where I'm at here, guys. And, well, there's a karma reason why I'm betting the over in this game. My worst beat of the NFL season took place last week when we bet the over 43 in Dallas, New England. Dallas scores 38, and somehow the game stays under. Uh, so the Cowboys owe us one on an over. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I I think the I think the upside for Dallas's offense is there. But you mentioned the cupcake schedule. This is the week where I think we get their best stuff, and I think their best stuff is pretty good offensively. We'll see how the Niners hold up um, defensively because I think the Niners' offense might be a little bit ahead of their defense at this stage. I know the Niners' defense is good, but Brock Purdy's looked really good, and the emergence of Ayuk as a top threat with Debo and Christian McCaffrey, who just scores a freaking touchdown every week. That offense is really efficient right now. So I think 45, I know it's above that key of 44, but I think 45 is a fair price here for the over. So that's where I'm going. Um, and Fez is kind of in agreement, but not an official play. Chris also is uh, laying off the game, but I'll back the over here on Sunday night. All right, Monday night uh, here in Las Vegas, Packers and Raiders should be a lot of cheeseheads here in the desert this week um, and this weekend as the Packers come to town. Always a very popular team uh, travel-wise, and we'll see what the home field advantage looks like for Las Vegas this week. We've seen this against the Chiefs. We've seen this against other teams. Guys, I don't know how many points we're giving the Raiders in a home primetime game against a very well-traveled Packers team. Um, I thought Vegas played hard on Sunday against the Chargers, but obviously the comeback effort falls short. Green Bay just got their doors slammed in by the Lions. They've had 10 days off since then. Jimmy Garoppolo's concussion protocol still up in the air. Tough game to cap from a number standpoint, considering the quarterback uncertainty, Chris. Um, but you think the road favorite might be an interesting look here. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Raiders are, it's, it's always something. You know, they lose a player off-field uh, situation. Uh, you've got players that are disgruntled calling out the coaching. You have uh, in the right, the, the coach is a moron, and he's going to cost them every single game with some dumb decision. Uh, you know, Garoppolo will probably be back, but how long will he last? It, there's just so much chaos with that organization. And when they, they play at the stadium, it's going to be a home game for Green Bay. Uh, the Green Bay fans are going to travel uh, to Las Vegas. So uh, they, they've had the extra days, you know, rest from that Thursday game. And they got punished by the Lions. So they're going to come in angry and they should be healthier. Uh, my model le leans towards Green Bay enough for me to play Green Bay pick them uh, but I have a funny feeling the Raiders may take some uh, take some money, and you might have a teaser opportunity with Green Bay later on. Ooh. So that's where I stand on this game. Uh, Scott D asks, is Jimmy G playing? 
you know, I would make the case, well, if if it wasn't clear whether he was going to play last Sunday, he certainly should be recovered by Monday. I mean, um, I, I know being in concussion protocol, it's most players have not been cleared the first week, but I don't think he has a history of concussions, right? So I would think I he would think play. So. The shoulder then, was always his thing. The shoulder and the collarbone was an issue with him. Yeah, and you know, the bottom line, he, he didn't even think he was concussed because he kept playing with the concussion. Um, <laughs> you know, the Raiders were, they were just laying three to Pittsburgh and now they're catching one against yeah. Green Bay. And I know Green Bay is better than Pittsburgh. And I know both teams are going to take over Alliance Stadium here in Vegas. Um, if they, if the fans can somehow navigate the traffic to get to the game before the second quarter. Um, <laughs> the, I, I, sorry. Um, it's a great game to tease. It's just, let me, I don't care who's favored. Give me, give me somebody plus one half up to seven. Half. But having said that, O'Connell was so great in preseason. The, the, the Raiders third string quarterback that somehow has flipped past Hoyer to become the second string quarterback. Cause he was so good in preseason and he was terrible. He was just awful against the chargers, but you know what? There's potential because he was like Mr. August in preseason, like Seneca Wallace ish in terms of how great he played. I will uh, tease either team. Yeah. I I think that's an interesting angle. Uh, So the chargers pass rush was unbelievable last week. I don't think the Packers have that level. I mean, they're pretty good rushing the passer, but that was another level of, uh, of, of pressure that O'Connell was under. My guess is he learned a little something this week, but it looks like Jimmy G's trending towards playing. That's why I'm going to bet the over here, because I do think if Jimmy G does play, my guess is this total has nowhere to go but up. And then to Chris's point, maybe we come back on the other side and we could tease Green Bay if it does flip, if Jimmy G plays. So I, I think the quarterback uncertainty here, and, and we appreciate the question about Jimmy G, because obviously the quarterback will have the most impact on the point spread. So whether or not he plays concussion protocol can be fluky. Keep an eye on this number all week, but I I still think the over now is a safe bet. I I really like the Packers offense. They're going to get healthy. um, And Jordan love is clearly a a very comfortable pushing the ball down the field. And again, I think if the Raiders go Jimmy G, the number will rise. If they go Aiden, hopefully he learned something and maybe we'll get a backdoor here. But I think over 44 and a half, a safe bet right now for me, Chris is going to lay it with the Packers. All right, it is time for some Q&A, but first, do we want to do golden ticket reveal? I will let our friends um, behind the scenes tell me how they want to handle this first. Do we have some questions in the chat? Yes, we do. Let's go Q&A first. All right, um, I'll go here. Uh, Washington team total here, Matt Mills. Washington team total at 26 and a half. I forget where we were on this game. Um, Fez, you didn't have a play. Chris, you're on the Bears, so I'll let you take this one. 26 and a half for the Washington team total. Um, my guess is you're leaning to the under on that? Um, I would like to sound smart and come up with an answer, but I prefer to say I'm ignorant on team totals, so <laughs> I don't want to comment on it because it would be pure guesswork. Sure. Fezzy? Team totals are great to bet if you lean like to Washington and you lean over. So you got two leans and they're both going in that same direction. And that's going to put you on, you know, uh, a team total. The disadvantage of team totals is that more and more, you know, this marketplace is just not maturing and you're getting, you're getting into situations too, where the, if I take a look at um, the bet us, let me go ahead and take a look at the home team total one second. Um, yeah, so this, so, and this is normal in the industry. There's a 30 cent straddle. So the over 25 and a half is minus 110. 
the under is minus 120. So let's put this in, like, think about it, like betting a money line. Now it's like minus, if you got a, instead of minus 110 in each direction, it's minus 115 in each direction. I don't like trying to beat markets where now instead of hitting 52.4%, hitting warning, here comes a little math. You got to hit what, 53.5% or 53.7%. Um, it's just a bridge too far. So um, I tend to, the one time I play team totals is if there's suddenly a quarterback out. Like, let's say Jimmy G's in, right? The first reaction would be, let's play the Raiders team total over against a stale number. So it flips, the Raiders become the favorite, and then we go ahead and we hit, you know, the Raiders over in that circumstance. So usually, pulling back the curtain, where I play team totals is when there's information breaking, a line is moved, I can no longer get at it, but I can get at a stale team total. Love that. It is fantastic advice because, again, it's kind of the trailing nature of the market. Spread moves first, derivatives move second, and sometimes you get a good number on those derivatives. So that's a good uh, piece of advice. Uh, good question here from Scott D. I didn't mention the possibility of Mitchell Trubisky playing for the Steelers this week. Fez, what is the uh, quantitative gap there between Trubisky and Pickett? Well, I had it at two points, but... Now I got it at zero because, um, like, Trubisky, I, I've got rated as a minus three, which is a just a slightly better than an average backup. I pick it as high as minus one. Another dude that looked great in preseason. Well, I don't – minus one means one point worse than an average starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, but uh, clear – it's clear Pickett is worse than one point than an average, and he's injured on top of it. So probably both guys are, like, right around three points worse than an average quarterback. Doesn't matter. Chris, you're nodding. Pretty, pretty consensus there. Yeah, I don't think the the line's gonna, the line shouldn't move. I hope it does, so it comes down to three. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, and then final question here from Birdie. Actually, a couple of good questions. I'll get to this one first though. Forty-four and a half, a key number. I I think it's a key total, right? I've seen uh, forty-four and fifty-one. Fez are the the key totals that I've noticed uh, when I've done my research. Any uh, ones that you'd like to add? Yeah. It- you know, the, the odd numbers on totals are a little bit more important than the even numbers. And this makes okay. sense. So so the 37s, the 41s, the 45s, the reason being, I know it's not going to happen, but you can't like, you're not going to get a tie game. So you're not going to get 22-22. You're not going to, you know, go ahead and, and land on 44. To get a tie. You're going to go get one all year. Yeah. So the 21 all permutation goes up to, you know, someone kicks a field goal and then it lands on, on the 45. So, um, but, but actually, you know, I think the 44 and the 45 are pretty much equally important as is the 43, the 42 is the most overrated number. That's the dead number. People say six touchdowns, no field goals, but it's gotta be six touchdowns and it can't land 21, 21. So that's like the, the one dead number in that corridor. Love that. Chris, anything to add on key totals? Not really. Uh, Steve has that nailed. Uh, we I, we used to chase 37, 38, 41, and uh, with the increase, it's more like 41, 43, uh, 44, 45. 42 being the dead. See, I didn't know that about 42 being the dead, but you, that makes 46 perfect also sense. Is dead. 42, 46, and 39 are the dead numbers. 42, 39, 42, 46. I will, I'm actually, see, look, math. How about this? Pulling out my pen right now. I'm writing down those three numbers because I'll be honest, I had no idea that those were dead numbers. See, even well, I learned something on this show. Th- today. Those are the worthless numbers. Those 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 aren't worth anything. Very helpful. Um, great question here from us and them. And I don't know how much you guys you know want to chew on this. I didn't even know that there was a rule change with the RPOs this year. And it seems that it's hurting the Jags and Chiefs. I, I, I don't 
know what rule change that is, but it is an interesting question because I think it's fair to say the Chiefs and the Jaguars offense hasn't been as crisp as they were last year. Wow, I got, I got caught with my pants down. I am unfamiliar, so I don't yeah, want to fake me it. Too. I don't I don't want to fake that, but you know, it's interesting how both of those offenses have been ineffective. You know, yeah. I would argue, you know, we've kind of come full circle with Kansas City because we start out the year and Mahomes was God and his receivers just dry, get catch the ball. You got one job, catch the ball. Remember the loss against the Lions. And then you flip it around and in the last game against the Jets, it's like the receivers look great. And Mahomes threw two of the worst, you know, interceptions Awful. I've ever seen. It's like it's like they did they it's it's like the gravity on Earth. It was like they were playing instead of on Earth. Like suddenly Earth was twenty percent more mass, so the gravity was were lowering his. Literally tweeted out, "What planet are we on?" When you know Wilson's making all these back shoulder throws and and Mahomes is floating up, you know, turkeys as interceptions. Chris, it, it, that change. I mean, it could be possible, but I didn't realize that there was a change with the RPO. Uh, the the only read options that uh, that I'm interested in are my own notes. So it's like, I, I I I it is not in my handicap. I wasn't even aware of it, and uh, uh, it's a big nothing burger that I'm ignoring so far. Uh, but maybe we should start paying attention to it. I don't know. I, I see. This is. I feel like we could do a whole show on the things that get said throughout the course of media and social media and how much they are truly a nothing burger when it comes to handicapping and NFL side or total. Uh, But it's interesting of note and obviously a good talking point as we move forward through the journey of this NFL season. All right. Now is the time I get to tell you which one of us has the golden ticket and which one of you wins a free trip or a free uh, ticket into the golden contest here, the tough truck giveaway. And the big reveal is, oh, wow, Chris, back-to-back weeks. I think I'm streaky. It, pal. You went 5-0 and last week. I'm streaky. I'm streaky. Fez and I will have to wait another week to see if we get the uh, golden ticket reveal. And uh, we'll pop whoever won the, um, the uh, giveaway on the screen, and you'll get your free entry into, into the fun. Um, there you go, Ron. Ron, congrats, bud. Vegas, Chris. Vega, Chris. That's that's the uh, Latino version of you. Vega, Chris has the ticket um, this week. So uh, congrats, bud. You'll get your free uh, entry. All right. Um, best bets time. Let's uh, show what we got this week. Let's show our hand. We have been called on the river here as we go through the poker game of life and football here in NFL Week Five. A lot of picks on the card, guys. Um, I hate doing this, but I'll, I'll throw it to you uh, each. I'll give you an opportunity of all the picks on your board this week. Is there one that you like the most, Chris, or are they all equal in your eyes? I pretty much play them all equal. The, I'll make a note that the, uh, the parlay I hit last week was plus one thir- uh, 129. This one should nice. be about one or plus 129. And then this one should be about plus 115-ish. Uh, so... Uh, uh, just trying to get involved in those, but I play them all the same. Arizona, Fez, you, Arizona you agree? By, all the same, or is far, there a unit discrepancy there? Yeah, Arizona is, is well, personally, Arizona is easily my biggest bet because I got better numbers. But even at the plus three, um, I've got my biggest discrepancy through a key number of three. So Arizona would be, I, I, I would bet double that versus anything else. 
I, I agree if, if Arizona is the consensus. Last week, Seattle was our consensus, right? What was our consensus last week? I forget, but I feel like we've done pretty well on the consensus plays this year. Um, the Packers in week one against the Bears was a consensus. Um, and last week, we did not have a consensus. It was just two out of the three. Chris and I were on yeah. um, Seattle. But we have had one consensus prior. Loser, that was Tampa Bay that was two lost. weeks ago. The ill-fated Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. So we are one and one now with consensus plays. Packers week one was a win. Um, the Bucks in week three was a loss. And now here in week five, odd numbers. We will give you consensus um, on Arizona plus three. All right, good stuff, guys. Um, week five in the NFL is in the books. This has been the NFL show powered by BetUS. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.